Olá a todos, eu sou o Fernando Ribeiro, vocalista dos Moonspell e vocês estão a ouvir a Cigar City Radio. Cigar City Radio is sponsored by No Clubs and StateMedia.com. Find out about upcoming concerts in Tampa Bay by visiting StateMedia.com and tagging No Clubs on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Use the hashtag WeAreConcerts. Next up for No Clubs, Saturday, November 3rd, two-show night, Alan Stone and Nick Waterhouse at the Ritz Ebor. And then Sebastian Bach has been moved to the White Buffalo Saloon in Sarasota, but tickets purchased for the original State Theater show will be honored. So that's two-show night, Saturday, November 3rd. Sunday, November 4th, Jonathan Davis from Corn will be at the Orpheum. Friday, November 16th, the main squeeze is at the Orpheum. And then Saturday, November 17th, another two-show night, a Treyu with Memphis Mayfire is going to be at the Ritz Ebor. And then down the street at the Orpheum, you can catch Magic City Hippies and Bay Ledges. Wednesday, November 21st, a three-show night with Red Sun Rising at the Orpheum, May Day Parade at the Ritz Ebor, and across the bay at Janus Live, VNV Nation will be there. So Wednesday, November 21st, big night, three shows. Should be a lot of fun. Which one are you going to go to? Tuesday, November 27th, Minus the Bear will be at the Ritz Ebor. And closing out a very busy November, Friday, November 30th, Little Zan is going to be at the Ritz Ebor. And that should be pretty turnt. Also, just announced No Name, January 18th. Lots of cool shows announced for next year. Go on to uh, statemedia.com and check all those out. We'll be telling you all about them in future eps. Welcome to a special Halloween episode of Cigar City Radio. The song you just heard was Double Wide by the band A Deer, A Horse. It was recorded at Silver Court Studios, the home of French metal pioneers Gojira. And it's part of some new music that A Deer, A Horse is releasing. And it's super kick-ass. A Deer, A Horse is actually the latest band to join the Cigar City management family. So we're happy to have them as part of our roster, and you'll hear more from them soon. But in the meantime, find A Deer Horse on your favorite streaming service and listen to that track double wide now. I'm your host, Randy Ojeda, and making the magic happen, a haunted Jason Solanas. You ever wonder what a <laughs> would feel like? Or a <laughs> whatever. I think they explored that in uh, the first season of American Horror Story. Actually, I, I have not seen. Ah, you got You got to watch it. Story. You got to watch it. I don't know. I don't want but, to, man. Just the cover freaks me the fuck out. But you know what? I just realized, Jason. What did you just realize? This podcast has no windows 
and no doors, which offers you this chilling challenge to find a way out. (laughs) Of course, there's always my way. Our guest on this episode is Fernando Ribeiro from Portuguese metal band Moonspell. Moonspell is one of three metal bands to have a number one album on the Portuguese charts. The other two, Iron Maiden and Metallica. So essentially, Moonspell is the biggest metal band to ever come out of Portugal. We had a blast meeting Fernando, who met us at Dysfunctional Grace Art Company in Ebor, and seeing him in that store was like seeing a kid in a candy store. Dysfunctional Grace sells these awesome hats and t-shirts that say Tampa, but the T is an upside-down cross. And if you head to the Moonspell Instagram page, you can actually see Fernando wearing that hat because he picked up a hat and a t-shirt and was totally stoked about that. If you want to be as metal as Moonspell, you can pick up that Tampa hat and other one-of-a-kind items from Dysfunctional Grace and Ebor. Check them out. Say hi to Liz for us. Thanks again to Fernando for spending time with us. This is a tremendous interview with some really unique insight from a metal pioneer. Moonspell just released a massive DVD, Blu-ray, three-CD live collection called Lisboa Under the Spell, which you can pick up via Napalm Records. It seriously kicks ass, just like this band. So here it is, episode number... 86. Thursday or no Friday I don't even know what day it is <laughs> so, that, that happens to touring musicians yeah <laughs> should, should happen, should happen know. to you no I know I haven't been anywhere I've just yeah. been home so yeah it's a Friday in Tampa Florida we're here at uh, our usual spot the library of dysfunctional grace art company and we're joined by somebody who I'm very excited to have in the room right now is Fernando from Moonspell so welcome first Hello. off to Tampa you, there, if you don't know, Moonspell is uh, one of the great Portuguese metal bands. Maybe the greatest Portuguese metal band. I don't know if that's fair to say. Well, in the, um, how do you say it? In the um, Kingdoms of Blind, in the Blind Man's Kingdom, the one I escaped. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> now, that's a scene. Hi, I'm Fernando from Moonspell from Portugal. We're yeah. touring the US, so it's great to be here. This is a lovely place, Yeah, um, I have to say. I love places like this. It's been a while since we've been in uh, Florida, I think more than three years ago. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're kind of happy to um, to to return here yeah. from Portugal. Yeah. So I wasn't living here when I, I had moved away for a while the last time you were in town. But the first time, uh, I think it was the first time you were in the, the States even. Um, and the first time I saw Moonspell was back in... God, it must have been 2003, 2004, when the Antidote had just come yeah, out. Yeah. I want to say you were on tour with Demu Borgir. Is yeah. that right? We had um, we started touring uh, North America in 99. Okay, within, so this was, this was that, yeah. Yeah, within Flames. Um, and, that, um, that would have been a crazy tour to see. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was awesome. It was just like coming, uh, you know, we are from Europe. We are very spoiled there. The metal scene is um, very respected, great, and even time, um, you know, being sometimes it's just a little bit even too much for yeah. the bands, you know. So when, when you come to the U.S., the first tour is always a little bit of a shock. 
because people here uh, want to be entertained, you know, um, probably don't want to uh, put you all the drinks there is in your list. So it's a more, um, <laughs> but I think it's good because it just gets bands really down to earth. So I learned a lot from um, touring the US. It's a hard nut to crack. I mean, I, I want to waste your listeners time saying all stuff about visas, yeah. et cetera. There's a lot of red tape, a lot of questions asked, lots of money um, paid. But um, I believe there's many fans here. I, I'm personally, as someone that was being involved in the 90s metal movement, like the more avant-garde metal with century media bands, etc., to come here and to realize there's already a rapport and an history, even with Moonspell that has been here yeah. almost 20 years ago. I think that's something that's pretty sweet and pretty awesome because um, I remember there was very, just a very limited number of European metal fans in the US when we started. Yeah. We got the uh, college radios, we got some, you know, the tape trading, the pan friends, etc. But I think that only, how can I say everyone helped, but it was a fan thing. You know, fans never actually gave up on European metal, even if promoters were not booking them, these bands like us and others. And nowadays, I mean, we tour the US almost, um, not on the yearly basis, but um, almost. And every time I like this tour, it's probably the mo been the most incredible tour for us response-wise. Yeah, I was gonna ask you that because I saw you posted on Facebook yeah. recent, like yesterday that this has been such an amazing tour for you. So what, what do you think is different about this one? I think um, finally um, the U.S. are um, seeing Moonspell for what they are. And obviously we've been here working hard since almost um, 20 years. But um, I don't know why. I, I don't think that um, we ever could get our message across like we wanted to. You know what I mean? Because there's a lot of things that um, sometimes um, lack for us here. Not the people, not the fans, but for instance, the knowledge about bands like Sisters of Mercy or Fields of the Nephilim, the whole Gothic scene, you know. And nowadays, I think I don't know why people figured it out, figured it out better, you know. Yeah. When we are on stage, more theatrical, um, etc. So I see um, a big difference here, and I also see that, um, as they say, you know, sometimes you don't uh, like uh, win over people's hearts in one or two tours, unfortunately. Folks, it's not like just coming here, you know, and uh, being here for a couple of months. No, it takes years, and um, nowadays we can um, we can see that we were very lucky in being also uh, with a great musical package. I think that helps a lot. Yeah, it's a great tour. I mean, with Amorphous and Dark yeah, Tranquility, uh, and yeah, people that's... in Europe are very jealous about this. Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure about this uh, package because all these bands are very established um, in Europe somehow. But I think it just works. And as a musician and as a performer, I'm much more inspired when I like the band's music than when not. And that happens. I mean, we can be friends, we should be friends on tour, but sometimes it's just not into, you know, the band who's headlining or the band who's supporting you, just not into their to their music. So yeah, I, I see a difference. I don't want, don't want to get too hopeful here. But um, I talk with our agents in the US and I say, well, what can we do more? You know, they say, just come on tour. I say, all right. and. Um, we were almost like thinking like other bands, should we, you know, go to the US? Should we uh, like pay all this money? Is it cool? Do we have fans? Do the fans uh, support us? And the question is yes. And um, I was asking this que question back at home, totally stupid. We gotta ask this question when you're here, yeah. you know, and I think that's totally worth it. And what we saw, it could be like, you know, like a door closing slowly by slowly to bands such as Moonspell actually become exactly the opposite just because of live music and the way people are discovering us, even especially 
our fans, but also the other bands' fans. Yeah, yeah, that's that's right on. And I, I think it's it's cool because you just released the live album, right? The Lisboa Under the Spell. Yeah. And uh, I, I've seen. I haven't seen the full video. I've heard the album, but I've, the, the clips that I've seen, the couple songs that I've seen, it's like you have this amazing audience there. That's everybody singing along and chanting along. So t- tell me a little bit about that that album actually first. Like where was that recorded? You know, how did that come together? Yeah, it's a hometown gig in Portugal, Lisbon, mm-hmm. Port- uh, Portugal um, capital. Um, we really wanted to make a stacked up DVD because uh, with all due respect, I think sometimes the fans get the short stick when it comes to live releases. And why? Because it's live at this or the other festival, which is awesome, but it's not your show. It's not your crowd. It's everyone's crowd. It's everyone's show. Yeah. So it took us a little longer because in the meanwhile, we had this Portuguese album, 1755, uh, in between. And uh, then we kind of postponed the DVD. But it was good at the end because it gave us more time to think about it. So we could organize the show in Lisbon, our hometown, with all that crowd. Yeah. And obviously, um, they went to the show, but they also, they're Portuguese, so they wanted to uh, show up at the DVD yeah. as well. And uh, that counts because there's not a lot of people recording DVDs in Lisbon, you know, and I think it totally fit. And then me and the director, we had the idea of making this really complete with a three-hour show. So you need the time. You know? Yeah, you, yeah, you, it's, you all, it's a to, whole thing for sure. Yeah, you need the time to watch it because we did our... You know, our little song remains the same trick over there because um, I think what's what's good for the fan, even though it's stacked up with contents and you know bonus stuff and three hours, a little bit over three hours of show. There's also this rockumentary or documentary that is like just um, transports you from the off stage to the on stage, and it's cool because it's made like um, a little movie. So. I think bottom line, um, we got away with this uh, release. And I think it was great that we spent so much time and energy to do something that was big and massive and triple, you know, and uh, people were like, what's going on with this? And they loved it so much more. And our label is crazy about it because also, yeah. so, you know, these things normally don't sell, you know, and our DVD is just like, even on on that um, aspect of things, it's selling so well. It, char- it broke the charts in Portugal, in Germany. I don't know. I you know we've been together for twenty six years, so we have a notion of time that probably younger bands still don't have. It's all about the end game, the planning, and I'm glad that we postponed this DVD a couple of years in order to make a new album as well, because we actually gained experience and that actually mm, affected the final result. Uh, of the DVD, it's it's um, out now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's distributed in North America, which is also you know a great thing, and some uh, sometimes not as easy uh, as people think. And obviously, we have it at the merch booth. Yeah, and, uh, and it's a big set, right? Because yeah. there's the albums and the vinyl and yeah. everything, right? Yeah. So um, it's called Lisboa under the spell, Lisbon under the spell. It's a very simple name. Yeah. Uh, and um, the DVD edition, uh, there's there was this ultra special thing with the flag, but it's sold out. Uh, so, um, of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what we have now, it's um, a pack, we call it the DVD pack, because uh, when you buy it, you get a five disc set. So DVD and Blu-ray. So we, can, we could, uh, Napalm, our label is very smart to have both formats because of, it's of a lot of confusion people. And then it works everywhere. And also um, there's the three bonus audio we can't forget that uh, besides all the contents, it's also a live album. So you got to have music there. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. 
So let's back up a little bit. So tell me, tell me a bit about what, what it was like growing up in Portland as a metal fan. You know, I mean, what, what was the scene like as you were, as you were growing up, what was, what's metal like in Portland or in, well, not in Portland, Portugal. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I know what the metal I, scene's I, like in Portland. I've been in Portland. <laughs> that a metal scene. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Of course there is. We yeah. just, um, actually we skipped Portland this, um, this tour, but we've been there um, a couple of times. Well, Portugal was a country from South Europe, you know, and obviously Portugal probably is not the most known country in the world. Um, but we had like a fascist dictatorship from 2024, uh, 1924 to 74. So all things that happened here in the States, like the hip, hippie movement, the rock movement, the 70s, didn't uh, happen in Portugal. We had just glimpses of it through the press, which was censored. So uh, I was born in 74. And uh, I was born in a time that everybody was listening to music. You know, good or bad, it didn't matter. We had to catch up. Yeah, you know, yeah. 80s, it's one wonder hits like Rick Astley, Black Sabbath, Survivor, anything went in the 80s and, um, in Portugal. So I quite got uh, drowned into heavy music. And obviously there was a, a local scene with um, punk bands, with uh, some metal bands. Um, as well, um, obviously, I think in in that time we liked them because they were Portuguese, because they were not as good as the you know American, German, or Swedish bands, and also they had a problem in my opinion. I was always very critical towards the Portuguese scene. They wanted to be the Portuguese Machine Head, Portuguese Sepultura, the Portuguese Metallica, the Portuguese Maiden, and uh, there was not many bands trying to do something outrageous and original. And then we came back a little bit with that idea because uh, we were born in the underground scene. People were different. They had different um, options. They don't, don't, didn't want meat and potatoes. With all due respect, they wanted something adventurous. A lot of albums like fusing metal with psychedelic, etc., were coming out um, in Europe. So um, things changed um, a little bit, but um, there was great bands in Portugal like uh, Tarantula, Evanwood, um, you know, The Coven, which was like this doomy band. But um, they are so special and so rare. Like uh, yesterday, we were just uh, hanging out at a hotel watching old YouTube uh, metal videos uh, from Portugal, laughing as well, of course, yeah. taking the piss. And we were there on those videos as well. So yeah, there's a scene. It's not a big scene, but there's a scene existing there since the late seventies. Yeah, that's really that's really cool. So at what point did Moonspell come together and, and break into that port Portuguese scene? Well, we came together. It's, it sounds stupid, but um, we were like uh, tape traders and we had a fanzine and um, people are always asking, is there any good black metal, any good occult dark metal music from Portugal? And we said, no. So we said, let's make a band like this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that's what drove us was also being able to have something to trade um, against all the amazing dark and underground music we, disco we discovered throughout the tape training. So I think that yeah. was the main goal uh, because we couldn't play, we couldn't handle our instruments, we couldn't even afford the instruments. You know, it was very hard in Portugal to be like a metal band back then if you didn't have like money from your parents or whatever. I mean, that's yeah. typically in every yeah, that's corner the case. of the world. Yeah, yeah. So that happens um, to us as well. But then we just got, um, we were called Morbid Goth before Moonspell, just for a, a couple of um, like two years. And there was this uh, vinyl compilation coming out with the most promising like Portuguese heavy metal scene bands called The Birth of a Tragedy. And we went there in 99, already, it still has Morbid God. 
And um, we just sent a rehearsal tape and went to the studio. And that's how things started kicking out. Because uh, even in Portugal, some people really hated our guts. But a lot of people were very fascinated about it because um, we had the guts to do something in a Catholic country, etc. That was a little bit different, more pagan, more occult. Yeah. While everybody was kind of beating around the bush. And I think that novelty, let's say, effect really helped Moonspell to get a lot of attention in Portugal as well. Yeah, that, that definitely makes sense. And I think that's kind of what, you know, later on, obviously, you know, eventually you got picked up by Century Media, you know, and that's, yeah. I think that's where you started breaking through everywhere else, you know, because- that made, Yeah, that made all the difference. Yeah, because I, what I used to do when I was, uh, when I was younger is I would get the Century Media catalog and I would go through and find the like, oh yeah, this album looks really cool or I'm going to get this Iced Earth record or whatever, yeah. you know, and then I would order them and then they would come in. And uh, I went to Catholic school at the time. So when I saw like Moonspell and the Antidote and that album cover, and I was like, this is like really, you know, I, I was I was rebelling against all that so at the time. This might not be Catholic. So, no, this is not, yeah, but I wanna, but I wanna see what's, what's going on. And then I think what really drove me into the band was that the fact that in, in you know, it was very heavy, but on top of that, there was also this like rhythmic element you know, and at the time I didn't know the band was Portuguese, but I wonder, I've always wondered if that sort of rhythm came from, you know, more traditional like Portuguese music or if that was just something you were just adding, you know. It, Portugal is a big influence for us, not only musically, but also it's the place, um, I mean, our mojo is over there. Yeah. You know, it's, um, Portugal is an old country in Europe. It has like almost 900 years of history. With all that details, you know, earthquakes, natural disasters, love and death stories, it's like, um, you know, big, like um, centuries of monarchy, etc. And also culturally and musically, it was um, a country that's being, you know, at the tip uh, of Europe, we always got a lot of connection with everyone else in the world, overseas, Africa, etc. So um, growing up in Portugal is growing up also in a night on the culture of um, diversity, um, let's call it this way. And we, we definitely embraced it in um, with, um, with, with our music. Sometimes, you know, our options might seem a little bit odd uh, to the fans. Why we, is this rhythm like this? Probably if you just did it like this, it would be a, be a bit more uh, um, commercial, whatever. But I think Municipal is together besides the touring because we have the chance of being creative and getting away with it. So far, so good. Yeah, you know, yeah. You never know with the next album, but we never take anything for granted. And we like to change. The bands that have inspired us, like Bathory, Celtic Frost, Typo Negative, you know, there were always bands that were never just, um, of course, they had their style, but they were always open to, a, let's call it, some people call it progression, regression. It doesn't matter, you know. It, it really boils down when you are a musician um, or, or not. And it really boils down to the way that you relate to music. If you relate to this as a job, of course, you want to like stick to your guns, give your best, just learn to do very well that kind of metal. Or you can uh, be a bit more loose with your music like Moonspell does and just um, change here and there without losing um, the um, characteristics. So yeah. I think Century Media back then was looking for bands like this. And they were very, very important, not only for Moonspell, but also to take, you know, just the attention of, um, with all due respect, it was only, you know, German bands, Anglo-Saxonic bands, uh, Scandinavian bands that got signed. The Century Media quite brought that exotic elements, bands from Greece, from bands from Portugal, bands from Israel. Yeah. And they were quite famous um, because of it. 
and they had success uh, because of it, because the albums of these bands, like our albums or Orphan Land albums or Rotten Christ, were successful and they helped the, the label to grow to what they are these days as well. Yeah, no, that's that's very true. Because, yeah, when you think about black metal, you know, you think Norway or, or Sweden or, you know, this, the Scandinavian black metal scene, but... Yeah, there, there's all this other stuff going on in Europe and in the States, too, that people That's don't really, true, yeah. you know. No, people uh, just focus. I mean, um, of course, we love the Scandinavian bands. Yeah. These guys are very good, you know. Yeah, they, I mean, you're on tour with, with yeah, a couple of them now, you know. They, <laughs> so. uh, yeah, they're born with, the, you know, metal in their ears. It's like metal is mainstream music. Over there, you go to Sweden and uh, in Spotify, like the most popular music is metal. Yeah, you know they, invite, they invented Spotify, and metal is just like bigger than hip hop, which is something that doesn't happen, unfortunately, <laughs> quite yeah. uh, quite often in any in any country. So Portugal is different. Like, of course, we tour with the Scandinavian bands, and sometimes it's like, uh, so uh, you guys just lost a guitar player. They have another one just next door. <laughs> Portugal to find a good guitar play, we'll take us auditions, we'll have to go through the people, we have to say, can you tour? Touring is like this. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Well, that's and interesting because you've had a lot of guitar players like no, throughout the years. No, we had a lot of bass players. A lot of yeah. bass players. Well, that's what it always is, right? It's yeah. always a rotating it, bass It depends player. on the band. Yeah. You know, singers are more complicated, but some bands rotate singers as well. Yeah. But um, I mean, we've been together since 92. Uh, the four of us, Ricardo, me, Pedro, and Mike, um, have been together since 95, you know, and our bass player that uh, is, is finally a keeper, <laughs> you know, yeah. is also with us since Antidote. So it's also 15 years yeah. uh, within Moonspell. And it's a very stable lineup. When you compare, for instance, to the Scandinavian bands, they change a lot, also because they have more to choose from. Yeah, that makes know? sense. And um, in Portugal, it's not that, uh, and we like, it depends, you know, for Rasmund Spell, it's like a little family. And when someone goes out, it's important. It's because something shitty happened, yeah. you know, or that we didn't, um, could be many reasons. Yeah, but our um, our thing has been with the bass players, but we only had three in 26 years. So that's that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's, that's pretty not, good. it's not spinal tap levels. No, you could have nine or 10. Yeah, yeah. And the guitar players, they switch a lot. You know, it's uh, sometimes, it's not that everybody can do it, but there's a lot of guitar players in the metal scene, more guitar players than anything, anyone else. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So yeah, we, we talked a little bit about the live album, but yeah, last year too, you had the the act, the full length album, the 1755, yeah. which was awesome. And I loved how you know you're talking about evolution and progressing of the sound and, and i feel like in that record you kind of took it in an even more operatic and theatrical direction you know than you had before was that a conscious decision yeah definitely it was a concept album actually we were not planning on doing it we were uh, touring and we were working on a dvd and then napalm entertained the thought oh let's beef up the dvd with some new music and I was like, I like the idea of new music. It always um, rings wonders to my uh, to my ears, but I didn't like the idea of having a at another bonus for the DVD. So I had this idea that um, when I was in high school in Portugal, um, in Portuguese history classes, we learned a lot about this earthquake, 1755, and how it was important. Well, much more than the death count and all the aspects of the natural disaster, it also um, changed a little bit, a lot, the way people s s um, approached God in Europe, you know, 
that uh, famous sentence, whatever is is right, um, didn't apply anymore because uh, Lisbon was one of the most God-fearing country uh, capitals uh, just fell down. So people were like thinking, is there a God? Where is he? You know, that kind of questions. And obviously that affected a lot the way uh, Catholicism in particular was uh, perceived in Europe. Some people say that 1755, this earthquake, in small Portugal was probably the beginning of modern atheism, you know, wow. because people lost the confidence in God. So it was too good not to write about it, I have to say. Yeah, especially, no, it's an amazing yeah, concept. Especially because it happened in our country. And um, it, was, it wasn't was such a hard decision to do it in Portuguese. I wanted to do it in Portuguese. Obviously, I have thought that uh, people won't understand it. But anyway, my accent in English is so thick that probably people won't understand the English, so we had nothing to lose. So <laughs> I think that um, it went really well in Portugal and in Brazil, you know, the Portuguese main Portuguese-speaking uh, countries in the world. Mm. But then we started touring in Russia, and they love history over there and metal. And we had like more people than what we have in the last tours, which were already a lot of people in Moscow, St. Petersburg. Then we toured the Cradle Field, and then we ended up here as well, you know, singing in Portuguese and getting away with it, which I think it's um, it's cool because even though it's in Portuguese, people know there's a story over there. And I think that uh, metal fans, they really like, you know, to be um, told a story. Let's put it this way. I'm always been a sucker for concept albums like yeah. Abigail or Power Slave, you know, thematic albums. I love that. Yeah. It's an, also an opportunity to find more about these or the other subject. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. And I, I agree. I think metal fans like being kind of immersed in uh, maybe not even just the story, but just a theme of an album. You know, I, I think that works pretty well, especially yeah. on the um, live context. People like to, um, like I say, to be entertained by something, by something a little bit out of the ordinary. Of course, some bands, you know, get away, you know, with just their uh, Bermuda shorts, and yeah. but some other bands have to do other stuff as well, be more uh, theatrical. And I think there's um, open-mindedness enough for metal to embrace both the rubber ducks or the doctor playing masks. Yeah. I think that the metal is prepared for everything. Yeah. Says, yeah. yeah, for sure. Well, that, that's one of the things I love about metal heads in general is just that how open everybody is to everything, you know, like I think it's a really uh, surprisingly inclusive scene, you know, metal heads are really friendly and some of the smartest people I know, you it's, know, it's true. And I still um, can't comprehend why people are still shocked and surprised about it. It's because they never frequented like a metal festival, um, etc. Not wanting to uh, put stuff um, into other kinds of music, but even in Portugal, even in small Portugal, sometimes like hip hop or, um, you know, African pop um, concerts, people are just there. And sometimes, you know, there's problems and while in the metal uh, shows and festivals, everything is so cool. The atmosphere is so cool. People go there, you know, for the friends, for the music, um, for the beer. So yeah, there's a lot of misconception about uh, um, what you see as a behavior headbanging. You know, people, yeah, yeah. Well, people see know. the pit and they they yeah, think it's violent, but like if somebody gets knocked so down in the pit, yeah. there's ten people there to pick it's them back as, up. It's as violent know? as um, a shamanic ritual, or uh, you know. <laughs> A yoga wheel or something like that. It's yeah, kind yeah. of a ritual. Yeah, so um, you can see it like as violence, more as liberation, in my opinion. Definitely. Yeah, I def I'm definitely hip to that. So 
like I said, the last time I saw Moonspell was 2003, you know? Oh, so, so yeah, so it's been a long time since I've seen Moonspell. So I'm going to the show tonight. What oh. can, what can I expect? What's the, what's changed in the last t- 10, 15 years of Moonspell? Well, a lot has changed, not um, the songs. I think every, t- every time, every year, even though right now we are not like, uh, you know, as young as 15 years ago or something, I think we became a better band life, much yeah. more focused, much more knowing what to do. And uh, even though it's a package tour, so we have a uh, limited time, I think that in um, in our stage time, we can fit a little bit of the Moonspell history, definitely, with the eight songs we're playing. But also we start with the, what we call pure metal theater. So if people come to the show, try to catch also the three first songs, because those are 1755 songs. And people, I was like, first time I went on stage all with the hat and the long coat and say, maybe I'm overdressed for the States. <laughs> but then I say, well, this is the States, this is a country of entertainment, so yeah. let's do it. And um, every time or every day, people uh, like that, especially because the older fans find a new confidence, you know, and um, people that never saw us, um, they are like, well, I haven't seen anything like this. They could hate it, but fortunately and luckily enough they are really enjoying so it's very intense it's very portuguese a lot of thing happens in the 45 minutes and after all it's a great night of course i'm the moonspell singer but it's not only about moonspell i think every there's a great atmosphere on this tour and even though we are not really competing everybody puts a kick-ass show so the level is up there yeah so nobody's really like stalling uh, on this tour because they know um, the four bands are um, they deliver it live, so nobody can really like oh having a bad night. That's not hap- going to happen. On yeah, this. it makes you raise <laughs> your game because yeah, because yeah, 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 your bar you're... is high on this on this um, on this tour. Not that everybody's competing for space. I mean, we all you know um, yeah. get in bed with each other and drunk <laughs> a couple of hours. Yeah, but uh, yeah, when it comes to the shows, everybody's taking it very seriously. And um, great shows. I've watched all the band's shows, except Moonspell, of course. But um, I think people are really giving um, their maximum. And people are happy. When you see the response, the fans are happy uh, because they spend the, their um, ticket money wisely. Yeah, There's yeah, many shows coming to the U.S. And, and people, a lot of people picked up this one, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, this has been, you know, in the metal forums and stuff and on Reddit. Like, this is one of the tours that everybody's just, you know, really excited about. So that's so. Thank you for coming to Tampa. First off, I know it probably wasn't probably wasn't your specific choice, but you we know have, we have to go. You to have, Tampa yeah. And then uh, in Florida, Florida has been really good for um, for Moonspell all the time. It's been a couple of years since we uh, first um, played here, and it's just great, you know. Because uh, don't forget, we come from Portugal, so everything is quite exotic for us as well. Yeah. But what um, U.S. people feel about us, it's likewise as well. You know, it's like uh, two or three years ago, whatever, I was just walking on a service station, there was some gators around and yeah. living freely, minding their own business. You know, and I think that's that's cool. That's also the opportunity of traveling, especially making that connection. Imagine Florida and Portugal. You pretty know, different places. Yeah, pretty different places. We also have the coastline and the beach life, etc. Yeah. But um, it's very different and still people connect to us. And I think that's um, weird by one side, but on the other side is very like, um, yeah, you know, it's like, it doesn't matter the fact we are from Portugal or uh, bad English or whatever, 
but um, people just um, connect. We were talking about metal, and that's something that puzzles me very much. You know, sometimes, of course, we have fans in Florida, so it's great to be back here in Tampa. Tampa is also, I'm always um, been a sucker for um, Florida death metal. Of course, so yeah. It's always been in my radar. Yeah. Um, in a way, I have to say even prefer American or Florida death metal to the Swedish death metal. Ah, you hear that? Yeah. You hear that, listeners? Yeah. <laughs> I, have, I have more records, Obituary, Death, Morbid Angel. Yeah, hell yeah. Malevolent Creation. I mean, you name it, you know, we've been listening to this death metal genre in Portugal, all the Scott Burns production. So that's what, besides the Gators, etc. that's what we, that was our Florida culture as well, based upon um, the great special death metal bands you guys had here yeah cool well, that's a great export for us to have is I think is, so. is great a, is yeah, fantastic florida death metal uh so you had a day off yesterday what did you guys do on your day off well we went to crack a barrel okay <laughs> and, uh, have you ever have you ever been to a cracker barrel yeah yeah okay yeah. All right. but uh, not um, not the sweets so they were a bit shocked there was no alcohol served and uh, yeah, just Let's have lemonades and sweet tea for um for a change. Yeah, <laughs> but our two our TM George is a Portuguese guy, and Portuguese guys like to eat. Yeah. So when they came, when we come to the states, it's also like a very uh, it's like a food adventure. You know, it's like man Portuguese man versus food, that's American <laughs> food. So Cracker Barrel, it's just something that um, you know we've done. I mean, we're not that wimpy, you know. We've done other stuff on tour uh, as well. Yeah. On this tour, getting drunk, raising hell, etc. Of course. The, the yeah. other day, I had to jump a fence because you know with barbed wire because I was in a bar and um, <laughs> I was too late for the bus call and it was everything was deadlocked. So me and Mike we just jumped uh, the barbed wire fence with the help of um, Dark Tranquility bass player Anders. God bless him. And um, the merch got Nicole, so we did that. But yesterday we just took it easy. We went like a big um, dinner break, like fa family ties. Everyone, Dark Tranquility, Moonspell and crew, everyone in the Cracker Barrel, everybody looking at us, everybody thinking we are from England. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was just awesome. And then we just uh, went there, you know, laundry, Walmart, basically that, it's like that. Or sometimes in other days off, it, it really depends when the, what's the plan. And normally the TM wants us to rest. Yeah, so that's obviously. why we've been in Crestview and we bypassed uh, New Orleans, <laughs> which okay. was a little, we could have made it. Uh, and I had days off there. And uh, believe me, I wasn't eating pancakes <laughs> and drinking coffee. And, um, or Pensacola, that would be awesome as well. But the plan was to rest, you yeah. know, to uh, have these uh, Florida dates also together and uh, strongly because it's the last weeks of the tour you don't want to like slack down and slow down yeah so yeah that's what we did and we had a marvelous meal i had meatloaf i'm a meat eater and pff, i love that meatloaf it was first time in a month that i had something that actually was cooked probably by someone and not processed yeah machine, you know? yeah that's that's always nice on tour when you can have an actual meal you yeah know? that was yeah. the plan yesterday there was the whole plan was dominated by cracker barrel <laughs> anything else you did you just had to be there at 7 30 for a dinner call yeah, yeah. Those, those are the coolest days on tour where it's like everybody do your own thing and let's just meet at this time and you know everybody yeah, else true. do it, it was funny because uh we you know wolf down we were very hungry of course with the walk and everything because we are on the tour bus you know, so with so many people, it's hard to get Ubers and taxis just to go around, <coughs> you know, like 
five minutes. So we walk everywhere, yeah. which is an adventure. Especially get, in Florida. Yeah, because we can get arrested by jaywalking. I, and we're always jaywalking everywhere, <laughs> you know, because we cross like freeways, et yeah, yeah. like a bunch of people, 14 people, people are hunking at us. You know, we can say, hey, we can do anything because we cannot take the tour bus, you know, everywhere. It yeah, has yeah. Be, it has to be parked. So that's this... Uh, it's always an adventure with uh, crossing here, and then it's sometimes it's just like a walking distance, but you have to go somewhere to find something like more pedestrian friendly. Yeah, but that's the states. Everybody drives everywhere. That's why true. I, that's what I um, I get. And in Europe, um, everybody kind of walks everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Well, definitely, like I said, if you have some time uh, before the show, this street that we're on now, Seventh, is a uh, you know great place. This whole area is awesome. First time going central. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah, great food around here cool. if you're looking for something. Sunday's delicatessen right All there. Right. Some of the best sandwiches there. If you ask for the Hangover Hero, Hangover Hero, it has yeah. eggs, hash browns, sausages, like a breakfast sandwich. It's a breakfast sandwich, but it's like that long. All right, I got to take a couple of Portuguese there. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. check out this place because this place is amazing. Beautiful. Yeah, Dysfunctional yeah. Grace is the best. Dysfunctional Grace, yeah. So, so much cool there's stuff. There's not here. enough places like this in um, in Portugal. Some places, but you know, people are just a little bit um, afraid of alternative culture. Yeah. sometimes and they don't want to open shop or a business. But um, I'm, yeah, I'm always like traveling and seeing places and taking tips. Yeah, because now I have a small uh, book and record label in mm -hmm. Portugal called Alma Mater Records. Okay, and yeah. Books. One of my so, favorite songs too, Alma yeah, Mater, yeah. So um, yeah, we we printing stuff and uh, you know also helping to uh, overcome this little gap that we had by alternative culture so yeah well Liz here at Dysfunctional Grace is not shy to alternative culture as yeah, you can yeah, tell can see so, that. We surround it, yeah. yeah there's a lot of cool stuff in here and cool. it, it's cool because we always do our podcast here and uh, we, awesome. we don't always do metal bands so like we do a mix of genres but like you know we had goat whore here and cool, stuff cool. and like when we get the metal bands in it's like okay they they understand what we're working with here you know this is we definitely do yeah <laughs> yeah when I told Liz we were having moon spells she was like yeah I love the name that's perfect cool, cool. thanks <laughs> so, for having us <laughs> yeah, yeah no, definitely. So we're pretty much out of time. Just wanted to see if you wanted to add anything or any final thoughts for our listeners. Well, I just want to thank you for the for the interview for and for uh, bringing us here um, to the show. Also, I have to extend the thanks to all the people and the fans that have um, came to this tour, bought a ticket, bought the merchandise. Um, because, um, you know, in the end of the day, we can read a lot of, about metal, about the scene, about how hard is European bands um, having a hard time coming here. But like I say, it all boils down to the fans and people uh, still support this. Um, even when the bands do not play here, we always have people from the States, like when are you guys coming here, buying our stuff from uh, overseas? And we're always trying to work hard also to provide them with a good moon spell, like coverage and, 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 and spread over here because um, sometimes you guys get the short stick, like special editions. Oh, there's no special US edition. No, so, no. You know what I mean? We got to import so, it. Yeah. So we try to uh, balance things. And I think it's very important, uh, like all the love and all the respect we've been getting um, on the road. That's very inspirational for us. So like I say, we are already entertaining the, um, the idea of coming back to the US and play a little bit longer because um, that's what the fans and the people who discover us would like us um, to do. So it's a bit step by step. 
um, it's not starting over again because we can't forget we've been touring here for almost 20 years. Yeah. So I just want to um, say thanks to everyone who's listening and send a big Portuguese hug under the spell. Yeah.